in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for those of you who are visiting and for those of you who've got short memories, let me just recap of where we have been on this preaching series that we've done so far. We've gone on a bit of a journey looking about who we are. What does it mean to be the people that we are? First of all, we started thinking about what it means to be a prophetic community. A community that speaks into situations. We then thought about what it means to be an inclusive community. What does it mean to welcome everyone? And this week, we're thinking about what it means to be a sacrificial community. And it's a bit of a a churchy word in some sense, sacrificial. But what does that mean? What does it look like for us to be sacrificial? I realised this week it's always interesting following your wife preaching. Um, you've got to be careful what you say, really. Um, but Michelle spoke last week and looked at the, the uh, red heifer, the, the Old Testament understanding of sacrifice. And um, she's talked about the fact of needing to sacrifice a time, sacrifice of money, and that sometimes in sacrifice there is failure as well. But as I've been reflecting this week on what does it mean to be a sacrificial community, I think we can get very caught up with the idea that sacrifice is to give something up. It's a bit like Lent, isn't it? When we talk of Lent, the question that most people would ask around the time of Lent is, what are you going to give up? What are you going to lay down? Is it coffee? Is it your nine o'clock coffee, Joe, in the morning? Is that going to be the thing that you're going to give up? Is it, is it, is it chocolate? Is it, um, is it brine? Is it going to be a gardening that you're going to give up for a little while? We talk about all these things that people, Mike, giving up watching rugby. Well, you're an island fan anyway, so it doesn't matter. So. Um, but all these things, giving up. But actually, as I reflect more and more on what does it mean to be sacrificial, I think it's the complete opposite or there is a complete opposite element to it. (coughs) Sometimes in being sacrificial, it means to take something on. To take something on to yourself. Let's think of the passage in in the Bible that that Patrick read today. You know, there are things that Jesus gave up. You know, at the very beginning of our reading, uh, Jesus is having this nice quiet time trying to get away from everybody. And he has to give that up to be with the crowds. I'm sure we've all had moments where actually we quite like to be on our own and there's a knock at the door or a phone call and we have to engage with people. We go, oh, was that just me? I don't know. But Jesus had to give up that sense of being quiet, being on his own. <coughs> he had to give up that being quiet and being still in order to serve others. You see, in that sacrificial nature of Jesus, Yes, he gave up, but he took on things. He took on the needs of those people who were at listening to what he was saying. He took on the needs of hunger, of, of, of shelter, of, of care. He took on the need of responsibility. That actually he had to make decisions, he had to do something. Jesus being sacrificial in this moment was not about giving up, but about taking on. Sacrifice calls us to put the other first. 
calls us to put the other first. If we are a sacrificial community, it means that we put the other first. Which means that when we give our, our money, when we give our, our time, we do it not because it's good to give things up and to say, oh, look at me, I'm giving those things away, aren't I holy? But we're doing it because we want others to see, we want to put others first. That others will benefit from the work of the church. That others will benefit through our prayer. That others will benefit through the time that we give of others. And if we were look, to look at that same understanding throughout the scripture, the sacrificial lamb in the Old Testament, or the heifer as we looked at last week, it wasn't just about giving up something. It was almost as if the lamb took on the sins of the world. It took on, it gave. And in the same way of Jesus on the cross, Jesus' sacrifice was to take on to take on the sins of the world because he loved each one of us so very much. What is it we sometimes need to take on or to give up? What does it mean to be sacrificial in our worship, for instance, on a Sunday morning? You know, sometimes we hold things so dear in church life and we don't realise why we do. There's a church whose service time started at ten past ten or something like that. And for years the church service always started at ten past ten. And someone asked the question once, why do you start at ten past ten? And no one could answer. No one could really work out why until someone realised that in the old days most people came to church by train at that particular church and the train stopped just after 10 o'clock at the station. Well, these days no one came by train anymore. But still the service had to start at 10 past 10. Why do church services up and down the country start at 6.30 on a Sunday evening? Because of the farming community. You had to make sure you could get your milking of the cows right in the evening. Well, I'm not being funny. How many are farmers amongst us now? But because it was ingrained in our tradition, that's what we do. Church starts at 6.30 and a Sunday evening. My previous church, we used to start at 6.40 or 6.20. Any time but 6.30. What about our song choices? Why do we choose the songs that we do? What does it mean to be sacrificial in our song choices, to put the other first? What does it mean in the way that we have our chairs set out, to put the other first? Do you realise that the only way you normally sit like this is either at school or at church? What other place do you sit like this normally? Maybe the theatre, maybe the cinema. But why do we do what we do? And sometimes it's asking that question, what does it mean to be sacrificial and to put the stranger first? that walks into this environment? What does it mean for someone to walk in the welcome? What does it mean that our needs are probably less important than the needs of those? Because sometimes the danger is, is if we are not sacrificed for a not a sacrificial community, our comfortableness becomes exclusive. 
because we are comfortable with the way we do things, it becomes exclusive. It does not welcome the stranger. It does not put the other first. What about our own personal lives? Maybe we need to reflect this morning on what we're willing to give up. You might know that I have lost a little bit of weight recently. Um, I've lost two stones since September. People say, how do you feel? My answer is hungry. Um, <laughs> do you feel better health-wise? No, just hungry. Um, but I've had to make the decision, what do I give up? What do I put first in terms of what I eat, in what I exercise? <coughs> what do I take on? Going down the gym three times a week, playing badminton, playing five-a-side football and being one of the best players on the pitch. I think we'll all agree, Patrick. Um, putting others first, knowing that I need to sort my health out so I can be here as long as I can be for my children and for my family. <coughs> Sometimes the role of sacrifice is not just about giving up things, but taking on things, taking on that responsibility. I love it when people volunteer for things in the life of the church because they recognise that they are taking on something that puts others first. I think <coughs> this week something happened when I had to really think about what it means to or it gave me a facet of sacrifice. This week, um, many of you would have sent or received cards in memory of a beheaded saint, um, Saint Valentine, a very romantic story, if you want to read it, of uh, someone being beheaded. Um, some would argue that Clinton cards are really the uh, saints of uh, Valentine's Day. But some of you will remember um, Adam and Mim that used to be here, and they had a little girl called Sophie. And Sophie and Joe have create, remained um, more than just friends. They probably used to call them girlfriend, boyfriend. They, they absolutely love being with each other. And we got to the stage last week where uh, they started FaceTiming each other as well. So um, that's wonderful and sickening in so many different ways. And all they do at the moment is look at each other and use all the pictures they can and kind of stick their tongue at each other and do things. So anyway. But Sophie sent Joe a Valentine's Day card. And Joe sent Sophie one that he made. He spelt her name wrong, which didn't go down too well. But um, he sent her a card, and Sophie's card got to Joe. But we never got Sophie's card from Joe. It never came. Until on Saturday morning at 1 o'clock, so it's too late to anything, if you do anything, Paul, can we just put the picture up? This came. Just excuse, I didn't realise that Michelle's in the background at the top. It's a card that's saying that Josiah Parkman has a... Uh, a bit of post waiting for him at the post office, but he didn't have enough postage on it. And we have to pay £1.50 to get it back. <laughs> now, £1.50 can't get you a lot these days, can't over a cup of coffee and get you across the Tamar Bridge, that's about it. But I, in that moment, thought, well, I've got several options here, haven't I? I could be the sacrificial person who gives up and actually says, can't be bothered. He, you know, he, he won't know. It'll be fine. I could be the sacrificial person that uh, that takes on the one pound fifty. I'm not going to read out his money bank. Don't worry. I did text Adam and said he could at least put the right postage on next time. Um, but I could be that sacrificial person that takes on the cost of it, 
It says, yes, I will put Joe first. I will put his fledgling love of Sophie first and go to the post office on Monday before we go on holiday and pay £1.50 for a card that Sophie made. And then in that moment, I realised, thanks, Paul, we can put that down now. That actually the role of sacrifice is not a passive one. We can't just sit back and do nothing. The role of being a sacrificial person or a sacrificial community is an active one. We need to take action. If I were to be sacrificial that Joe's going to get his car that he'll look at for two seconds and then go in the recycling, then I need to be active and I need to go to the post office and I need to do something in order for my, my sacrificial nature to come to the fore. In church, we need to be the same. We can't just be passive. We can't just sit back and go, oh, well, I'm sure people will be happy. We need to be active, actively seeking how it is we put the other first, how it is we put the stranger first, how it is that we take away the desires and wants and and historical things that we've built up over time, and ask that question, are they really central to who we are and what God is calling us to be? You know, in the Bible, so often, the role of sacrificial nature is active. Jesus, going to the cross, did not just not sit down and go, do what you want with me. He actively sought the Father's will. He actively allowed them to take him to the cross, he actively chose not to bring himself down to put the other first. There is something important about being intentional in our sacrificial nature. Do you know what, the, the one that, that kicks me the most at the moment, and, and the leadership at this point would go, oh, here he goes again. Um, financial giving, okay? I'm not going to go on about financial giving, but what I want to say is it, it's a changing landscape that we really need to be on the ball with. <coughs> for this reason, you might notice, for those who've been here a while, we've taken away the offering from the first part of the service and put it later on. And some people said, well, actually, it's really sad because the children don't get to see us do the offering. Well, I get that. But reflect on what the children were seeing you doing. They were seeing a load of people who give lots to the church, but give it in so many other ways, like direct debit, passing this bag from one person to the next with no one actually putting anything in it because all you're, you're giving in so many different ways. And that's a change, isn't it, from 15, 20 years ago. I remember my mum and dad every Sunday morning had their envelopes and they intentionally thought about what they were going to put in the envelope that week. Now, I'm as guilty as anyone. But because my giving is given through direct debit, I'm no longer intentional about it. It just goes out of my bank account. It just happens. I do not need to do anything. I have signed all the necessary payment. It is no longer intentional. So there we have the children seeing everybody passing around empty bags to one another. Then on top of that, we have to recognise, this is where the leadership now going, oh, Tim, not this again. Um, we are turning into a cashless society. It won't be long before those bags get passed around and people will start asking, what are you meant to put in this? Cash, what's that? So many places now have text giving. 
And some people go, oh my word, that's a step too far. But actually there's something intentional about it. There's something that young people can say, I don't carry cash on me anymore, but I can get my mobile phone out and I can actually be intentional and do something about it. What about the church that has the contactless pay-as-you-go pins? Put your phone on on the way out. Try and get as many people as you can to walk past it without, you know, so you can grab their wallet. <laughs> but the danger is, can you see what I'm saying? That yes, we can be sacrificial in our giving, but we lose the intentionality about it. It no longer becomes intentional. We don't think about it. We don't have to do anything about it because it's done for us. And so the question, the challenge that, that I speak with the leadership team and others is how can we become more intentional about our giving? And it's not just giving, but that's an easy example. Intentional about time, about energy, about the way we do things. Look at what we do as a church on a Sunday morning and just go through each thing and think and reflect. Are we intentional? Are we putting the other first? Yes, we need to be Christ-centred. We always put Christ first. But are we putting the other first? Or are we appeasing our own thoughts and our own desires. Look at our traditions. The Anglicans look at us and say we have no traditions. You know, we can do what we like. Yes, but we have built our own traditions. We have made our own traditions, whether we like it or not. One tradition is of this church is this, thou shalt always sing three songs at the beginning of the service. <laughs> thou shalt send the children down soon after that. Thou shalt end the service with a song. We've built our own traditions. And they're fine, as long as we are intentional about why we do them. About being sacrificial and saying, yes, we may have done this for the last 240 years. But actually, why? We need to be sacrificial at looking at ourselves and being intentional. If we can take down some of that, then maybe our true selves will shine through. The people that God is truly calling us to be. But it wouldn't be right to end this sermon without just reflecting on the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Here is God, came down in person. He died on a cross, not, not to have things taken away from us, but to put us at the very centre of God's love and to say you are my children and that actually Christ dying on a cross means that hope has been awakened that we do not need to live in fear we do not need to live in doubt but we can live in hope in resurrection power we have a message to share with this world of hope of love of death being defeated but sometimes we need to be sacrificial in the way that we get that message across to others. We sometimes need to say, yes, it may not be exactly as I would want it to be or how it should be, but actually we're following God and we're welcoming the stranger and saying, God is for you. Amen.